0: Lord, we thank you for your word, we pray for your ministering, and I ask you to help me to rightly divide your word, to speak your truth, in Jesus' name, amen. By the way, I forgot to mention this, if you would like to go to Israel with us, we have a really cool tour that's coming up, you can pick up one of these when you leave here, it's this brochure, uh, it has a picture of me and Bob Probert on it. And uh, Bob Probert is fantastic to go to Israel with, the trip um, as soon as it's full, it's full, but uh, it's, it's open up right now for anybody who wants to go. Again, grab one of those. tells you all about it. Um, and um, if you have more questions, you can ask myself or uh, Pastor Craig. But as we look at this with Israel and the devil, I, I want to start here in this place because we're going to be in Revelation chapter 12 in just a minute. And uh, here's this. A rapture prediction for April twenty three. Is just the latest doomsday call. So what is this about? So here's the scoop. This is from Live Science. I commented on this a few minutes ago, and I said, I want I I want to help us understand what's going on and the need to understand the truth of the Bible, including Revelation chapter twelve. This article from Life Science says, It's the beginning of the end, according to practice, doomsday. Uh, diviner david mead on april 23 2018 mead said the sun moon and jupiter would line up in the constellation of virgo and then in parentheses they put in actuality they will not be in that constellation uh, and then he says an alignment according to david mead that has biblical disaster written all over it in the bible revelation chapter 12 speaks of a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head who labors to give birth to a dictator who will ultimately bring about the world's end. Mead did a lot of numerical and cosmic gymnastics to come up with the apocalypse, one that, of course, um, did not come to be. The same passage used for 2018's prediction, this prediction, was also the basis for Meade's end-of-the-world prediction back in September of 2017. Anybody remember that one? (laughs) By the way, that didn't happen either. When he said the sky would essentially fall on September 23rd, it did not. Sadly, perhaps for Meade, again, this is Life Science, the author of Life Science writing this, sadly, perhaps for Meade, The planet Jupiter will appear not in Virgo, but in the constellation Libra from the Earth's perspective. The sun will appear to align with Aries, while the moon will lurk in the constellation of Gemini. The celestial alignment is, according to me, just the beginning of the cosmic catastrophe. From there, a rogue planet called Planet X. I'm going to ask this. How many of you have heard of Planet X or Nibiru? All right. Don't believe it been telling people that I know for a long time. Uh, a rogue planet, according to David and me, called Planet X, will supposedly pass by Earth um, in October and cause a planet-wide mess, a worldwide volcanic eruption that will culminate in the return of Jesus, also based on the book of Revelation. This is what he says. Right? This is all based on Revelation chapter 12. There are a few problems with this part of the prediction. For one, Planet X, also called Nibiru, is fictional. There's a planet that's being looked out uh, by scientists that's way out there that's been labeled as planet X but has nothing to do with what David Mead says or people who are saying this planet is going to collide with planet Earth. The author now this is where the problems are I'm bringing this up because I want you to understand this. The author of Revelation, this is the life science guy saying this part All right. I'm quoting him. The author of Revelation, after he he says David Mead's prediction is, is wrong, which he's correct on that, he says the author of Revelation, that would be John the Apostle, and the Lord Jesus Christ, ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ. The author of Revelation was wrong in his predictions. So neither this book nor any other ancient book is of much relevance for predicting the future. So, basically... Anybody that believes the Bible is a fool, especially when it comes to things of the last uh, days. There's a lot of misleading and even intentional lying that is done regarding the Bible, and specifically Revelation chapter 12 over the last uh, several years. In fact, you could say over the last uh, centuries there has been. The Seventh-day Adventists claim that Revelation chapter 12 is all about them. Uh, the Catholic Church claims or Revelation chapter 12 is about Mary and them. Uh, there are uh, charlatans like the one I just referenced in the article named David Mead, and I know some people are going to be upset about this because the last time in September of 2017 when I mentioned David Mead's name and I said, don't believe this stuff, it's a lie, uh, all kinds of people are very angry and sending their emails to let me know how evil I am for even mentioning it, so I'm telling you right now. The reason, the, the reason I tell you this is because um, maybe David Mead's not that way. But there are charlatans that are out there, and they, they take the Bible, and they look at Christians as fools. And in that, they take advantage of Christians. I'm going to make up a theory. People are going to give me money, and I'm going to tell them this. It's not going to happen. And you know what I'll do? This is what David Mead did. I'll redo my figures for 2018, and Christians will buy into it again. Don't you do that. That that is what that that is these guys, they're, they're thieves out there, they're taking advantage of Christians, they're lying to Christians, and and, um, and and don't don't believe those lies. This is this is a real telltale sign. When somebody says the world is gonna end tomorrow, now send me your money. It shows you they don't think the world's gonna end tomorrow. Right? I mean, why do they need your I, there's a guy very well known since has passed away, he gave a date of when the world was going to end. He gave like 10 different dates. It didn't happen to happen happen. And uh, on one of his predictions, he had just leased a building that took him a year beyond the latest date he had for his prediction the world was going to end. Well, why would you lease a building for that long if you know you weren't even going to be here to use it, and yet you need money from people to pay for the building for that year? Right, so, I, I know people don't like this, but what's, 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 what's a worse thing for me to do? To stand up here and say, you know what, Every, everybody in the world is just well-meaning, and they all just love Christians, or would you rather have the truth? Right, so, here's what happened this morning. If you were here at this church this morning, in John chapter 6, Jesus offended some of his followers, because he told them the truth. They didn't like it. We don't want to hear that. And I know when I speak like this, it can be offensive to some people. Folks, we need to know the truth of what God is really saying. All right? So with that, we're going to get a really good handle on Revelation chapter 12 this evening. And we're going to start there, though, by, you ready for this? Going to Matthew chapter 24, and then, what? What? We're going to get a really good handle. Matthew chapter 24 lets us know a detail that's going on in Revelation chapter 12. You ready? Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 15. This is the Olivet discourse. And Jesus says this Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, ah, flee to the mountains. So the abomination of desolation is when the Antichrist goes in the temple and claims that he is God. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Verse 22. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So what is this all about? This is about the midpoint of the tribulation until you get to verse 22. Verse 22. When you get to the end of the tribulation period, uh, we've been in chapter eleven of the book of Revelation. That's when the two prophets, maybe Elijah and Elisha, maybe Moses and Elijah, or whatever, we looked at that in detail. They raise up the Antichrist, kills them, at the midpoint of the tribulation. Chapter twelve of the book of Revelation happens also at the midpoint of the tribulation, as we're going to see tonight. So in chapter eleven, the Antichrist attacks the two prophets chapter 12 the antichrist is going to attack israel and going to attack the jews and then in chapter 13 still in the midpoint of the tribulation is when the false prophet and the antichrist are identified and everyone must receive um, the image or or must worship the image of the beast and uh uh, worship the image of the beast and receive the mark of the beast that they may by ourselves. so chapter 11 12 and 13 of revelation (coughs) excuse me all happen at the same time as this is going on in chapter uh, 24 of Matthew. In chapter 24 of Matthew, when the people are told to flee, flee to the mountains, that is exactly what happens in Revelation chapter 12, verse 6. So uh, Jesus gives us some details in Matthew 24. Then we get the other overview, (coughs) excuse me, from, my voice is going south. Does it sound like it's going south? No? It's going north. (laughs) So that's what's going on here. So with that as a background, the verses that we just read, the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist sitting in the temple, um, you better flee to the mountains. With that understanding, we come to Revelation chapter 12, because Revelation chapter 12 is about the time when the Jews are attacked by the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 says this, now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a wrought iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Verse 6, And then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. So that fleeing to the wilderness, verse 6, is what Jesus was speaking of in Matthew 24. The Jews had better flee to the mountains and pray that your escape not be on the Sabbath and woe to those who are pregnant. But not only does Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, the passage that we just read, call this that's happening right here in chapter 12 that we are reading about. And not only does he call it the the time of the great tribulation, but in chapter 12, there are four greats. Two of them we'll see now. The other two we'll see in the next uh, message. Uh, In verse 1, there's the great sign. In verse 3, there's the great dragon. Next time, verse 12, there's great wrath. Next time, verse 14, there's a great eagle. But know this, also there are two more greats in this passage, not written in words of black and white, but written into our hearts and minds. What are those other two greats? The believer finds great help from our Lord and great insight about our enemy. In chapter 11, verse 14, you got to think all the way back there, when the two prophets are killed by the Antichrist. Then they raise up and all the world is witnessing as they raise up and they freak out. There's a great big earthquake. Remember all that going on? They're like, oh no, these two guys aren't dead anymore. I think we've got a problem. The Bible says the second woe is past, and the third woe is coming quickly. Although it's going to be the third woe for the world, it is going to be the great woe for the, for the Jews because it is the time of Jacob's trouble. But to understand this text, we need to understand three things. Who is the woman? Who is the red dragon? Who is the male child? So you ready? Three simple questions. Three answers that help us understand that this has nothing to do with all the false predictions that are out there. So number one, who is the woman that is written about here? Verse one tells us, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. So number one, note this woman is symbolic. Uh, This woman is not an actual person. How do we know this? Because verse one opens up and says what? A great sign appeared in heaven. We learn when we are back in chapter 1, the book of Revelation, the very first message. Chapter 1 of the book of Revelation tells us this, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. Are you a servant of the Lord? You study the book? Alright, we have the revelation of Jesus Christ given to us through John things which must shortly take place. And he, the Lord, sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation. Okay, got that? The word signified, he signified it. It means written with signs or with symbols. Hence, the book of Revelation has many signs and symbols to convey its message. And in this verse, we are even told that this woman, verse 1, is a sign. There is a great sign that appeared in heaven. So it's a sign, a symbolic of something. So what is this symbolic of, or who is she signifying, right? A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman, right? So note this woman is symbolic, note this woman's clothing, she is clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Okay, now I'm going to refer back to the prediction that the rapture is going to take place uh, September of 2017, April 23rd also of 2018. Based on this, this sign, this woman's clothing, with, uh, clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. I'm going to tell you flat out, right? Who is this woman? Uh, this is a description of Israel. Uh, chapter 12 of the book of Revelation is not the Seventh-day Adventist. It's not the Catholic Church. And it absolutely has nothing to do with the rapture. It, Joseph, Old Testament Joseph, had a dream. Remember that dream? Go, you got to go, you got to think all the way back to the book of genesis and joseph had a dream uh, joseph's dad was jacob and joseph was just a young kid at the time and he had a dream about his whole family and this is what his dream was about joseph chapter 30 or joseph chapter 37 <laughs> genesis chapter 37 then joseph dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers in fact this is why his brothers Sold into slavery. Yarn. What? You got a dream like that? We're not bowing down to you. Remember that? That's it. And he says, look, hey, hey, you guys, listen, I had a dream. Guess what? You're bowing down to me. Didn't go well. Um, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Remember? So Joseph would have been the 12th at that point. And he got the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars. Huh. That'd be mom and dad. And all his brothers. So he told the dream to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I, the sun, the moon, uh, or the moon and the sun, shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? God had given Joseph a dream. That would be fulfilled when he was eventually in Egypt. And because of him, his family would be saved. And they would come down and bow before him because he was the leader in Egypt. And they thought their heads might be coming off. Remember that? But God saved the nation of Israel through his servant Joseph. Joseph had 12 sons, including Joseph. Joseph has a dream, 11 stars, and his mom and dad, the sun and the moon. The woman is the nation of Israel. Also, uh, we note this. Number three, we note this woman gives birth in pain. Verse two, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now, some people also have said, well, wait a minute, this is Christian science. So you have Seventh-day Adventists, you have Catholic Church, You have people making false predictions about the rapture. You have Christian science. For whatever reason, a lot of different organizations want to make a claim to Revelation chapter 12. I mean, it seems like such a strange thing to do, but nevertheless, they do. Uh, Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian science, claims she was this woman, and she gave birth to Christian science. So it's strange, but as some people say, it's even stranger that there's that many people who believe it. One of the smartest people I've ever met in my life was a follower of Christian science, and he absolutely said uh, the teachings that I had from the Bible about Jesus are nonsense. But, but I, I, I like the way Harry Ironside said he was asked to comment about Mary Baker. Eddie's interpretation of this, and he simply replied, I do not need to waste the time of sane people. That pretty much sums it up. So others interpret this woman as being Mary, hence the Catholic Church has that process, but again, that's not what it is about. Mary, and in fact, no individual human being has been described as being clothed uh, as... Uh, with the sun and the moon and the twelve stars. And the labor pains are not the physical labor pains of Mary giving birth to to Jesus. This is speaking of the woman uh, being the nation of Israel giving birth to the Messiah. Uh, At the time that Jesus was born, Israel was greatly persecuted by Rome. Throughout the history of the world... Israel has been greatly persecuted by someone, even by Christians for much of the time of the existence of the Jews. Did you know that? You can trace the history of the church all the way back to the second century, even uh, towards the end of the uh, first century, and you can find out persecution against the Jews by the church. But you go all the way back to the time of Abraham, when God first had his covenant with, with Abraham, his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the nation of Israel, and you start having anti-Semitism, and you just follow that all through. Uh, The book of Esther, anti-Semitism, an an attempt to annihilate the Jews. That carries right on through to the last days as as the world still attempts to eliminate the nation of Israel. Now, in the current climate that we have, uh, much of the world is being very supportive of Israel and the Jewish people in Jerusalem. I've... I've never seen anything like this. It is a remarkable thing. But nevertheless, overall, you have the UN, you have Iran, you have Russia, you have so many other entities that want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Now, this article is from, this is an old article, September 21, 2016. So this is quite some time back. Israel threatens to turn Tel Aviv and Haifa to dust if Israel missteps. um, Iran is all threatening to eliminate the Jews and, uh, and threatening to eliminate the nation of Israel for years, not exaggerating, at least 10 years, and I believe even more than that. But I can date it back to 10 years without a doubt. Iran has been saying Israel will not exist in 25 years. Now, I read an article the other day where Rouhani again said Israel won't exist in 25 years. So if I go back 10 years, well, that should be 35 years. So every time they say it, they keep saying 25 years. Oh, well, 25 years. So I'm guessing, you know, I, here's what I know what's going to happen. Israel is not going to cease to exist. I, I know Israel isn't going to cease to exist because I know that God has a covenant with Israel, with, with, with the Jewish people, and the Lord Jesus is going to come and rule and reign from Jerusalem. We'll see that in just a few more minutes too. But nevertheless, you have this constant hatred to get rid of the Jewish people. So we have this woman the nation of Israel, who gives birth during a time of persecution, the Roman Empire during the first century, which takes us to question number two, well, who is this child? Well, we should be able to figure this out based on everything that we just just noticed about the woman, right? So who is this child? Well, uh, number one, this child is a son. How do we know this? This is not hard. People say understanding the Bible is so hard. Is this hard? This child is a son. Gonna make this real simple. How do we know? Verse 5. She bore a male child. Here's the, I mean, so you start looking at these things, you're going, well, wait a minute. So we saw with the sun and the moon and the stars, that's the same description of the nation of Israel from Genesis. That has nothing to do with the rapture. This is a male child. Well, wait a minute. Oh. It doesn't say uh, assign a male child. This woman gives birth to a male child Uh, number two you ready for this who is this child this child is a son this child is king of all how do we know that verse five she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations of the earth with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to god and to his throne. So we know that he is the king of all. He rules all the nations with a rod of iron. Uh, Therefore, who is this child? This is pretty easy. Yeshua, Jesus. Uh, Ruling all the nations with a rod of iron is a quote from Psalm 2, verse 9. It's referring to the reign of Jesus in the thousand-year millennial kingdom, uh, millennial meaning 1,000. The psalmist wrote of his reign during the millennial kingdom, and he said, You, that be the you, Lord, you, Messiah, male child, Revelation chapter 12, who's going to rule all the nations with the rod of iron, right? Chapter 12, verse 5, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. What's that referring to? The first part of of Psalm 2 is when the nations rage against the Lord and say, you're not going to rule over us. We're going to break your bonds from us. We're awesome. We're men. And then that, anyways that's what happens um, <coughs> tribulation period but this is a reference to the, the millennial kingdom it's when uh, Jesus comes back and, at Armageddon and he just crushes the rebellion and he rules and reigns from Jerusalem this is the part when the wolf shall lay down with the, the lamb and the little child shall lead them you, you know the whole passage this is the part you ready for this when that bumper sticker is going to be true. That's right. That's right. Hemet is heaven. And if you don't want the bumper sticker, you can get the coffee cup. Now here's the deal. And, and And this is what you can do. You can hold on to it. Now we know we are not in the millennial kingdom yet. But every time you see that coffee cup, you can say, oh yeah, I remember Revelation chapter 12. I remember the direction that this thing is going. Isn't that amazing how a coffee cup like that could remind you of Jesus coming again? You never thought of it like that before, did you? How many of you have that bumper sticker on your car? You could be like a a prophecy person just driving around with that. But in all of this, you know what I say? I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And we look at all the things that are going on, and uh, man, I hope he does come soon. With that, this is what we can know so far. We've answered two of the three questions. Revelation 12 is not about Seventh-day Adventists. It's not about the Catholic Church. It's not about Christian science. It's not about the rapture. Revelation chapter 12 is about the woman who is Israel and the child who is Jesus. Number three, last question. You ready? Who is the dragon? Well, hey, you guys already know the answer. Might as well just close the book now. The dragon is Satan, how do we know? Well, let's cheat. Look over at verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. The serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Ah. Since we know that the dragon is Satan, know some insights about Satan. Here's what we can know. Satan is intent on evil. Verse 3 tells us about the dragon. He's a great fiery red dragon. Dragon Red is the color of war, and red is the color of, of bloodshed. Red is also the color of the second horse of the apocalypse, the war horse, bringing great destruction on the planet. By the way, this passage here, where the great fiery red dragon, um, this passage and a couple of others, are where that artist came up with the picture of Satan being red, and with horns and a pitchfork, uh, some I don't know, some centuries ago or something like that, and, and people have held on to it. That's what the devil looks like. Uh, that's not what the devil looks like. Um, it, this is symbolic, right? If the devil appeared to you with a pitchfork and horns and he was all red, you think that's the devil? I'm not going near that. Devil appears to you as an angel of light, very seductive. Hey, come on, follow me. It's gonna be good, right? I mean, if you saw a red pitchfork demon back there, you go, ah, run for your life right yeah you would i mean i'd like to think you would but the color red and of satan is a reminder also of the bloodshed the war and bloodshed that satan is about to unleash on the jewish people why we're going to see that in just a minute but also satan influences kings and kingdoms how do we know that in verse three he has seven heads Ten horns and seven crowns or diadems. Uh, Heads are symbolic of world government. Horns are symbolic of powerful kings. And diadems or crowns are symbolic of the authority that Satan has and the authority that will be given to the Antichrist to rule during the last days over these ten kingdoms, over the ten kingdoms and the the world governments. Um, You've heard me talk many times. You've read it yourself. Revelation chapter 17. You have the ten elite kings. I look at them as ten elite powerful men today who are going to rule over the world. Uh, There's going to be the world, whether it be broken down into ten different areas or ten different regions out of the revived Roman Empire. Whatever it is, there's ten elite rulers, elite kings, and the Antichrist rules with them, and he eventually subdues three of them. So that's what this is referring to. Um, Also, Satan... Uh, he uh, uh, influences the uh, spiritual world. Um, Connected with the dragon are the stars in verse 4. His tail says, drew a third of the stars of heaven, threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman. Okay, so Satan stood before, who's the woman? Israel. Israel. You got it? Satan stood before the woman who is ready to give birth to devour, verse 4, her child. Who is the child? Jesus. As soon as the child was born. Uh, In the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 6, stars refers to literal stars falling from the sky in the sense of asteroids, meteorites, and so forth. When the stars fall from the heaven like figs from a tree late in season, right? You guys know that? That word for stars there comes from the Greek word aster, is where we get our English word asteroid. So there will be stars literally, but also in the book of Revelation and elsewhere, stars uh, refers to angels. Um, In uh, Revelation chapter 9, for example, the Bible says this. You're going to remember this part. Then the fifth angel sounded, And I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Remember what happened when he opened up the bottomless pit? All these demons came out. Remember that? These demons that were held, according to the book of Jude, for the time of judgment. So stars is, in this passage, it's obvious, it's referring to demons. Again, what happens? His tail drew a third, verse 4, of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. When you hear about uh, somebody mentioning a third of the the angels being fallen, this is where that comes from. When Satan fell, he takes a third of the angels with him. Satan also, what else can we know about Satan? Uh, Satan is hell-bent to destroy the Messiah. Again, the dragon is ready to devour the child the moment the woman Israel gives birth to the child. Remember what happened when Jesus was born? What did Herod do? Oh, he tells the wise men, excuse me, didn't mean to spit on you guys. That's the problem of sitting down front. Sorry, Gary. Sorry, Nick. (laughs) These things happen. Especially when it's someone like me. Um, Remember Buddy Hackett? What if he was up here talking? Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> so, these crazy thoughts. Sunday night, you know, I can say things Sunday night I can never say in the morning. Um, so, where am I? Am I? Oh, okay. So, so Satan is uh, w- when Jesus was born, Herod tells the wise men, hey, tell me where he is so I can come and worship him. But what do you really want to do? He wanted the wise men to tell him, tell uh, him where the Messiah was born, so he could go and kill him. When the wise men didn't return, because they were warned in a dream, don't go tell Herod. uh, They left, and and Herod went, and he slaughtered all the male children two years of age and and uh, younger, because he was there, ready to devour the child. Satan hates the nation Israel. Satan hates the Messiah. Also, what else can we know? Another insight about Satan. Satan is hell-bent to destroy the Jews. Now, Satan knows the prophecy of Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is that prophecy, I already quoted it, where Jesus is going to rule and reign with a rod of iron. In that, Satan also knows this. Excuse me, can you excuse me for a minute? I've got an allergy problem. You guys just talk or something. (laughs) Ah, I'm good. You can edit those parts out, but not when you're doing live. You can't do that. Sorry. So in Psalm 2, Satan knows, the Bible says, Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, is going to come back and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. The Bible also tells us that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be thrown into the lake of fire at the end of the thousand-year millennial kingdom. Satan knows, according to the Bible, he is also going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Okay, here's the deal. Satan also knows this, that God has a covenant with his people that he is going to return to his people. Uh, His people being the Jews, right? We are grafted in. If you're a believer in Christ, you are grafted in. So Satan knows this. If he can eliminate the Jewish people, God's not a covenant keeper. And guess what? Yeshua doesn't have the Jewish people to return to. Hence, anti-Semitism. I I was watching this YouTube the other day on why why has there always been anti-Semitism. And all these different reasons were given. And all I wanted to do, they were all secular reasons, is said, here's the reason we find it throughout the Bible. This is what it is. This is all what it comes down to, Revelation chapter 12. Listen to this. Jeremiah chapter 31, the Bible says this, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. There's coming a day when they're going to love me. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. They will all know me. He's talking about during the millennial kingdom when the Lord returns and the Jews are going to know him. Uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, the day is coming when the Jews will look upon him whom they pierced. Who was pierced? It was Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus was pierced, Right? They're going to look upon him who is pierced. They're going to mourn for him as one mourns for their own son. They're going to realize that he is God. Daniel chapter, chapter 9 tells us this. Seventy weeks are determined for your people, right? The 70th week of Daniel is the time of Jacob's trouble. The 70th week of Daniel, the final seven years, the great tribulation period, right? Seventy weeks. So the, seventh, the, the 70th week is still coming. Sixty-nine weeks are done. Seventy weeks are determined for your people. What for? And for your holy city. That be your people, the Jews, the holy city, Jerusalem. Jews and Jerusalem. You you, you can't read this any other way. What for? To finish the transgression, make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Uh, This hasn't happened yet. The Lord's saying it's going to happen to the Jewish people. It's going to happen to the city, your holy city, the city of Jerusalem. In Psalm 2, again, that psalm uh, I quoted from a a few minutes ago. Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords um, from us there's the world is saying get rid of god that's what they're saying right and then god says he who sits in the heavens shall laugh the lord shall hold them in derision he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep in his displeasure he's talking about the coming tribulation and then it's at the end of psalm 2 When the psalmist writes, the Lord will rule and reign with a rod of iron. In Psalm 2, verse 6, he says, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. The Lord is going to return to Zion zion isaiah chapter 24 verse 23 the lord's going to rule from zion zechariah 8 verse 3 the lord's going to rule from zion psalm 132 the lord is going to rule from zion and scripture after scripture after scripture so here's the deal when it comes to anti-semitism the devil thinks i'm going to get rid of the jews he is not but he's hell-bent on doing it literally hell-bent on getting rid of them because if he can the Lord will not be able to fulfill all of those promises and prophecies that he will rule from Jerusalem, and he's going to save those Jewish people. In fact, the Bible even lets us know that he's going to save a one-third of all of the Jews during that day. And according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, it's at the half point of the book of Revelation, of chapter 12, verse 6, where, what happens? During the last half of the tribulation for 1,260 days, God, it tells us, has prepared a place for the Jews for their protection. Hence, Matthew 24, where we opened up with a little while ago flee to the mountains. That's what this is all about. Listen, this has nothing to do with the rapture, has nothing to do with Revelation chapter 12, nothing to do with Seventh day Adventist, Catholic Church, Christian science, nor if, if this is a Jewish book. It's about the Jewish people. It's about the city of Jerusalem. It's about anti-Semitism. There's always been anti-Semitism. That's a picture that you're looking on the screen from the days of Hitler. It's always been there, because Satan hates the Jews. He hates the Messiah, and he wants to eliminate the Jews from the face of the earth, because he knows he's in trouble. That's why. That's what's going on. But what's going to happen? The Jews are going to escape to this place called Petra. And uh, that is where we will be next time um although revelation chapter 12 is a time of jacob's trouble and god provides a way of escape for the jews during that time john chapter 14 the lord jesus christ he also provides a place for us provides a place there he provides a place for us i am going to go and prepare a place for you that where i go you may be also and if i go and prepare a place for you what's he talking about heaven I will come back and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Amen? Amen. Amen.